Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Thanks for joining us. That's right. Both myself and my co-host here, we're both financial advisors, certified financial planner, charter financial consultant. Spend our weekdays meeting with people like yourself and broadcast this program on the weekend. So... Whether or not you've got a financial advisor you work with or you get your information on your own, we're glad you are part of our program here. And if you want to be a, a caller, we'd love to take a, any question you've got. 833-99-WORTH is the number. 833-99-WORTH. And what we try to do is provide financial peace in people's lives. We like it when people get to retirement and aren't stressed about that the idea of retiring and where money is going to come from. Yes. Retirement age, whether or not they choose to fully retire or not, that's to be in a point in life, a position. So work is an option and not an obligation where you've got the financial security so that you can work on your terms. You can decide if you want to work, not want to work. And look, most of us in this country have that opportunity to get to that point. Yes. Yes, and retire. We have to obviously have to get. We have to get the kind of skills that the marketplace will pay for. Work hard, save well. But this whole retirement is a relatively uh, new construct in the history of of man. It it, it, it truly is. It, it's really come about in about the last fifty years that the average person actually could retire. What would happen? Hundred years ago, you'd move in with a son or daughter, or your son or daughter would move in with, with you, and you would, right, live as a family. Well, when you saw when met, when pension benefits took off, as well as uh, company health insurance, World War II, you were there was a period of time you were not allowed to uh, increase wages to in, in, salary caps. Yes, right. And so, uh, your company, or you want to get some employees. What do you do? You offer some other benefits. And that's when you saw mass adoption of pension plans. And health insurance. And health insurance. Right, which is a way around the Unintended consequences. Unintended consequences. From Congress, got a good old Congress back in Washington. Salary caps, they're like, oh, we can't pay any more than this, but we'd like the best employees, so how do we do this? Let's start giving some benefits on this <laughs> side. Right. And it was they, the, did, they didn't exclude that. It was the pension from old line companies that really pushed the whole retirement. That yeah. was our parents' retirement. That's right. My grandfather, Actually, not my parents. My, yeah, my mom has a pen, had a pension. She worked for Southern California Edison. My my grandfather retired from Westinghouse uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and had a pension. Right, and uh, his grand his parents lived with them when they retired. <laughs> That's the difference. There's the right. generation right there. <laughs> right, and you're and you have no pension, and I have no pension. Yeah, I it was a no it was a it was a well the the government workers still have pensions. They're the last ones. Pretty much. And some some Fair. old line telecom. You don't see any companies coming out with new pensions. Yeah, to find old line te pension telecom, plans. electrical, and some uh, health care. But retirement, being in a position where you are financially independent and retirement's a possibility, is still a a, a reality. And for, for it's still attainable to, and to it's, most Americans. It's your responsibility, though. It's your responsibility. You know, so it's interesting, Scott. When you look at the clients that we meet with, they're normally in their 50s, mid-50s, and they... I think the average age of a new client who joins Allworth is 58.4, something but like that. When they start meeting with us, it's in their in their early 50s, mid-50s, is where they'll start meeting year, a few years before retirement, and they almost all have something uh, the same in common, which is they're concerned about their retirement, and they were pretty good savers. And then all of a sudden they get to 50 and the kids are leaving the house and, and all yeah. of a sudden they're like, okay, we've been saving all these years. We've been trying to pay down debt. Let's count it all up and see if we can do this thing in the next three, four, five years. That's what it looks like. Or 10 like. years. Whatever the number is. Yeah. Get to a point where retirement's a, a possibility. Yeah. yeah. But it does take, it takes the, you, you, it doesn't I mean, you happen by mistake. <laughs> you know, it does not happen by mistake. You show me someone that doesn't worry about money, and I'll show you someone that doesn't have any. And we see those too. Yes. Yeah. 
I don't I don't take new clients because I don't have time in my schedule for that. But I just remember years ago when someone would come in, they would have no worries at all about retirement. And the majority of the time, they didn't have enough assets. The ones that came in that were highly concerned, well, we're just really worried. I just, we want to retire in two years. Not sure we can make it happen. They usually had plenty of assets. Yes. Because <laughs> they were concerned it was been a priority for them since day one. Yes. And most people, by the way, that come to retirement with large 401k balances have been saving in their 401k f- their whole career. Since they were since Always. they were young. They made it a priority. Regar- even when the uh, their car blew up, when their roof leaked, when all those other... Things in life happen. They said this is still a high priority for us. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, 833-99-WORTH is the number to get you on our program. And we are talking with Ken. Ken, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. I uh, greatly enjoy your show. I enjoy the banter and the, uh, how should I say this, the the change of uh, opinions that both of you have sometimes with some of the callers. Oh, good. Well, thanks. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you I mean, a the, real, I mean, the thing, the thing about, the thing about financial planning, about being an investor, it's like, it's all in the future. So nobody knows the future. It, it's a, it's a combination between a science and an art. It's not like if we're doing some accounting on history, trying to figure out adding up what happened yesterday, that is, Science. If we're looking at the future, now it's it's statistical so probabilities. Yeah, so that's uh, why opinion. we don't I, always agree. I heard an ad, financial advisor ad, a few weeks ago, where he said, "Come in for an unbiased opinion." And I thought that's crazy. There's no such thing as an unbiased opinion. By its very nature, an opinion is biased. So we have by hot, definition. By definition. <laughs> and I would so hope, they're lying to you already. <laughs> and so I would hope our biases are strong. Yeah. So how can we, what's what's on your mind, Ken? So I have a uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts about financial matters, and um, I have a unique situation. I haven't heard this one before, so I thought I would run it past you two and see what you thought. So. Um, I'm a diligent saver. Um, I have been, you know, very conservative with uh, my money and also allocations. Through the years, about a a dozen years ago, I started to invest in tax-free California municipal bonds. Um, That has ballooned up to the point where the unintended consequences were that it might be enough income that it might... um, provide for what our expenses are for my wife and I How old are you? Um, throughout a year. I am 54. Okay. And so what I've done is I have diligently saved also in a 401k and IRAs, and I've maxed out every year for at least 20, 25 years. Um, my thought, and we're, my wife and I are doing this this year, we're trying to see if we can stay on budget with just what the muni bond interest uh, pays out per year. My thing is I'd like to retire by 60, so that's only six years away, and we're approaching that. And I know that there's uh, return risk, sequential or sequence of return risk. Mm -hmm. And people say you should get a little bit more conservative, but I think I've already established that. In fact, with this muni bond portfolio is almost like an annuity, um, so you have you have paying. probably three or four times your annual income in munis. More than that, multiple more Possibly. than that. Yeah, you you yeah. actually. So what is the what is the return coming out of the munis? So here's what scares me: is you may have bought a muni five years ago that had a three percent tax free yield on it, but to reinvest today it would be one or sub one. What is the return that's coming out of your muni, a blended return coming out of the munis right now on on just the interest payment, blended? Forget what the good overall question. return is. Yeah. Yeah, so good question. So the overall return on the portfolio is just under 4%, and the average year to maturity is 21 years, and they're all either AA or AA insured. They're very high quality. So you think that you, the predictability and, and, and these are trading at par? I mean, the, these these bonds uh, got to be actually, trading much higher than the yeah, the par value. Yeah, yeah. There, there's 
unrealized gains in the portfolio of about $250,000. Got it. And so you're uh, so you you're confident of this cash flow because the average yield to maturity uh, is 4%. It, 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 what's the average yield to call? Uh, well, that's, that's lower than that, but I honestly haven't had many that have been called, even in this interest rate uh, environment. There were some 5% uh, bonds that were called, but everything else has not been called. So you're and using so, small districts, municipalities, water districts, things like that? Exactly. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So sounds like what, actually what I, look, and I think for uh, uh, the rest of you who are listening, like if you do the kind of uh, work that Ken puts into his uh, financial planning, then you too can build a mini portfolio. Yeah. But yeah, if yeah. you don't, then don't try to duplicate what he's doing. So for a lot of you listening, we we might as well be talking a foreign language: yield to call, yield to uh, yield to the maturity. Uh, so what's your question for us? So. I have in my retirement accounts approximately, uh, my wife and I, when I say I, I mean my That's wife fine. and I, about $3 million. Okay. okay? And it's, all, for the most part, invested all in equities. Great. And I know that the standard answer is, well, as you get closer to retirement, which is only six years away from me, um, you should really go into more bonds. But I already have that in a separate yeah, portfolio. And, yeah, totally and, what do you, and what do you have in the munis? What's that? About $5 million? Uh, No, no. It's, it's. 3.4 that I put in, at, that's the cost basis. And unrealized, as I said, is another 250 beyond that. Okay, so, so you have your five. portfolios outside of retirement account and munis, and the other half is are in retirement accounts and equities. Yeah, so what's your question? So my thought is I don't really need to go conservative on the retirement 100% account. 100% agree. I can just leave it. 100% Absolutely. Agree. Absolutely. I don't want... And this is why the primary question here is, is if I let it ride and, and I, I don't necessarily want to go all the way to 72 before I start taking uh, funds out of the retirement. That's account, right. I have a tax time bomb. That's right. That's so, right. You want to start. You want to start as soon as you retire uh, pulling money out of that. Correct. Of the of the 401k and IRAs. But here's, here, so here's one way to think about it. let's just and here's what you're thinking. I'm all equities. I go to retire. It's going to make sense for me to take 50 grand, 100 grand, whatever the number is out of my 401k. But uh oh, the market's down at that point. Bad time to sell. Yeah, you don't have to. But but you get but, rid of this. You can also say I'm going to take 100 grand out of my 401k. I'm going to sell the total stock market index or whatever you own. And the same day, I'm going to go buy that on the outside so that I actually have not decreased my equities. I haven't sold in a down market. So you have that you have that flexibility to do that. And not have to worry about sequence of return events. That's correct. Right. And that's my whole thing. Uh, I just want to see and ask your opinion on sequence of returns. And if Wouldn't I could take it. out money and maybe up to the 22% um, um. Maybe higher. You went taking out money yeah. now? No, when when he well, no when, no no at, when I when I turn six yeah or probably okay. convert it to a Roth. Listen, and first of all, you probably convert to a Roth. You most likely you'd convert to Roth, and you're a dreamer if you believe that it's the tax rates are going to stay the same six years from now. Well, yeah, yeah, I know that. I know there's a sunset provision for 2026, but the other thing is, is I live in California, so I don't know if I want to convert to Roth. While I'm still here, I plan on getting a place outside. So I don't know if it, it, it yep. really makes sense. Probably. Yep. Well, if you plan on, yeah. well, then it might not make sense to take a withdrawal either. Yeah. I wouldn't Until worry. I, actually, I, I wouldn't worry about six years today. I, I think you're being very prudent in your planning. And I think these are the right questions to be asking. I'm 54. My 401k is a hundred percent equities. And I think it'll always be a hundred percent equities. Just the, I'm, I mean, I'm 58, 100% equities. And my portfolio, not, it's not everything I own. I'm highly diversified. I have some, lots of things. But my 401k is 100% equities. And I think yours should be as well. Yeah, and actually, I would make the argument that you're actually uh, don't have enough equities in your portfolio, but you're comfortable. And you obviously got to $6.6 .6 million without my help. So um, do what you want. Okay, so you guys don't see any other changes you would do. I would oh, not. not look, you, here's what, I mean, look. You're I think a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> you, it would it be the exact way I would construct things? Maybe, maybe not, but it it's a great strategy and it's worked well for you. You understand it. And I assume you don't have any debt. 
I have no debt. And I assume you probably have a uh, some real estate outside of this. I do have some rentals. There yeah. we go. <laughs> you go. Well, let me ask you, what's your annual income? Ballpark, wage, your salary, um, employment, it, whatever. It it varies um, from 150 to 300. Yeah. Okay. So, so here's someone who makes 150 to 300,000. My mid 50s has got a net worth of eight, eight, nine eight, million. Nine bucks. million. Yep. 300 grand in his 401 cave. Three that, million. Three, three million. million. Three million. The re, you got there because you were very disciplined in your savings over the years. You talked already about budget. Can we make it on our budget? Well, we've never done it because so as I said, we're trying it out because <laughs> Yeah, you do. You don't spend all- more than you spend you live below your means. Listen, Ken, I have belonged I, to a gym for twenty five years with the idea that I'm going to go four days a week. I've never done it, but I didn't quit the gym. <laughs> I, I don't think you, you, you can try to live on a budget now if you want. You're going to be fine at retirement. You're if you good. if you quit today, you'd be fine. So I, I wouldn't I don't think you need to go through. You know, what I think some, you need to do, Ken, is to take a copy of this podcast and replay it for your wife just so she could appreciate you more. <laughs> appreciate you even more, <laughs> even more. Self-promotion. <laughs> You've done a great job. Congratulations. Yeah. You I, should I, be think proud. I think you're in great shape. I, I don't think I'd change anything. I wouldn't change a thing. Okay. Uh, uh, well, I may have said that. Yeah. At, well, I wouldn't yeah. be contributing a 401k on a four tax, uh, pre-tax basis. He planned on leaving the state of California. I would contribute well, on a pre-tax basis. <laughs> well, here's what I've changed up this year. I've changed up my salary because I'm self-employed, and I've, I'm going strictly to Roth 401k. Okay. How many employees do you have? Uh, it's just my wife and I. And so, so solo you've, K. you've set up a solo K. Um, yeah. Yeah, if, it is. Probably. Pretty much. Yeah. And if, if our income gets high, I can always um, open up a defined benefit. How long has your wife and, been working with you? Honestly, I just put her on payroll recently. It's because? It's just me. Because why? Um, you know, she's been a homemaker. We have three kids. Um, they're older now. Is she qualify so for? She, does she? Does she qualify for Social Security already? Yeah. Does she have forty quarters already? Uh, no, she's probably going to. She's probably when Social Security comes around, she'll probably draw half of mine. So that's a question that I would actually. Uh, th- th- that is one thing that I would actually dig into whether it makes sense. It makes sense to Saturday. have her on because of the caps uh, withholdings on Social Security. Sometimes I see people add a spouse so they can contribute to their uh, retirement plan for their spouse. But the, what they end up paying more in, in FICA taxes are, co- negates the Correct, the correct. Because uh, your 401k is tax deferral, putting money right. into Social Security, and you get to do it kind of electively, um, is different. So that's one, I'd circle back with an advisor or an accountant, and that's one thing I would question. That's the one thing I'd look at. That's one thing. Other than that, I think at. you're doing a fantastic job. And if her everyone was like salary, you, I would be out of business. So. <laughs> her entire salary is going to the Roth 401k. I pay her about. Understand. 30. Understand. But you're still yeah. paying Social Security tax yes. on that. 15.3%. Yeah. But it's not yeah. really 15.3 because he would have had to pay on the Medicare of uh, 2.7. 2.9. Uh, sorry, 2.9. So it's not, it's 15.3. So it's 12. Yeah, it's 12.4. That's right. And the question you're is, paying you're paying 12.4 over the limit. For the privilege of the Roth. Of, for the privilege of the Roth. And we don't know if it's worth that 12.4% to put the money in the Roth. You might be better off paying taxes on it, putting it in an S&P 500 fund and letting it grow tax efficient rather than 100% tax deferred. Okay, good point. All right. All good. right, excellent point, right, by go. the way. Good. Ken's like, I found something. Good. I'm glad I come. <laughs> right, I didn't waste my time here. <laughs> yeah. He didn't just need a pat it. on the back, right? He's like, he's like, look at I, me. I, I found something. I found something I could. I could. All right. Appreciate that. No, I was joking. I'd be, I mean, if everyone were like Ken, there would. I, you wouldn't need help, guys like us. I couldn't help. I wouldn't. Well, although we, we did help him some. Right, but I would, I mean, uh, most people don't take the amount of time. Obviously, he's quite very passionate about what he does here. Let's continue on with calls. We're talking with Kathy. Kathy, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call. I actually have um, two questions. One's regarding inheriting a Roth IRA, and the other one is uh, 
I wanted some information on RSUs. So um, I've been reading about the beneficiary Roth IRAs, and one website says you have to withdraw all the funds within 10 years. And the other website says if you have one of these beneficiary Roth IRAs, you have to withdraw within five years. Yeah, the rules changed. And it's, you have up until 10 so years. Which is it? Ten, you've got 10 years to, um, to disperse the money. It used to be you can stretch it out over your life expectancy. But you have to take it out in the first year. If you don't take it out in the first, I believe the rule, if you don't take it out in the first year, you've got to take it out within five years. You've got so, to take it. Yeah, that is correct. If you've got to take a distribution in the first year, and if you don't, you got to withdraw the whole thing in five if years. If you take a distribution in the first year, you can defer it for 10 years. So both websites are correct. It's how you oh, actually okay. structure so you have to it. Start taking within the first year in order to defer to, in order to stretch it That's out right. at least ten years. This is for a non-spousal. Non-spousal. Same with a regular. Same as a uh, an IRA uh, or a four hundred one k. All the same. The stretch rules then, were eliminated. And you had a question on RSUs, restricted yeah. stock units. Yeah. So. Um, my son was just um, offered a job that had some of these, and so we were trying to read up on what they are, how they work. Um, how, how many did, how many did he yeah, get? Just, um, I'm not exactly sure. Okay. I, but I know it's like a vesting of four years or something yeah, yeah. like that, where I, part of them vest every year for four years. Yeah, Kathy, I, I, the only thing that you uh, uh, need to know about these things is what are the restrictions to actually take the dollars out and when. I wouldn't put much energy into it. Because you have no – There's no control over it. You can't plan. You might spend hours and hours studying something that isn't in the money a year from now, in which case you wouldn't exercise the restricted stock unit. So I would just. So you mean they're they're like options? Yes. Options where they may be worthless. They could be, depending on how it, or the vesting goes, depending on how it's structured. They're all different. They're, companies structure these differently. Yeah. So I wouldn't spend any time until I actually had to make the first decision. So you said he oh, just okay. got the job, and they don't start vesting for a year. So you so has nothing yet. Yeah, so so I wouldn't I wouldn't spend a bit of energy two weeks before they vest. I'd see if they were in the money, and if they're in the money, then I'd do some research on it. But the, I wouldn't do a thing until then. That's just me. There's nothing you can oh, do. Okay. What are you going to do? Well, you could learn about it, but it might not be applicable to you in a year. Right. right. So appreciate the call. Yeah, it's a it, 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 RSUs are a very common way now for uh, not common. It is more common than stock options, which we saw 20 years ago. I do have this, uh, one of my um, kids that I've, I've known. He's a kid. He's 25 now, but I've known him since he was in first grade. Our kids went to school together and close family friends, so I've watched the kid grow up. A year out of college. Yeah, he's just maybe you know, he's a couple years out of college, three years out of college, almost three years out of college. He, and the company he works for, he's got these – he had some restricted stock. Uh -huh. It's worth a couple hundred grand. Yep. yep. So I've had some conversations. He's he, every once in a while he reach out to me, and because I'm like family, I've known him for so long, and and like we were talking about, Scott, should I sell some of these? And yeah, I think we decided last time. I think we said let's sell half because his company value just went through the roof. He went to work for a tech company. Yeah, it's a tech company. I had the same conversation with. And it went through the roof, and so we're trying to. It's funny because he's like, "How much should I sell? What if it gets like nobody knows?" Like, and we talked about what happened during the last. Tech decline, like it'll come. Things go through cycles. They don't and go so what you do, you split the difference. We split the difference. We sold right? half. <laughs> so the nice thing about selling half, you're always half right and half wrong. And regardless of what you think. It's a risk mitigation tool. It 100%. isn't It isn't a yield manage. It's, you're not trying to necessarily get the highest yield. Well, we look, We did look at what is the re what revenues the company have, what growth does the company have, how many years would it take them at this growth rate to get to a point where the price seemed even remotely realistic to the potential earnings of this company? And then what's the probability of that company being able to pull that off? And, and are they just hot right now because they're in the hot sector where everything is, you shine a light on, is hot? Right? So that's funny, Scott. I had a conversation with a friend of mine uh, son who pretty much the same. I coached the kid in soccer when he was six. Um, actually, I remember making him run laps. It's funny. There's Elliot. These, 
There's these star managers again, like hot stock pickers. Like, who's this woman now that's... Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's, she's on Reddit. And, uh, oh, yeah, she does videos every day and stuff. She's got yeah. all kinds of... It's all these hot... It's all the hot growth tech companies. Yeah, it was like the Janice funds in if the all, 1990s. It's exact, that's exactly what I felt like. Uh, who was the... Uh, the was, Janice funds. Who was the Janice oh, overseas? Oh, yeah. What was her name? <laughs> she yeah, was hot. She couldn't, too, yeah, the, she... She had a hot hand and was doing extremely well yeah. in the market. It's like Didn't it repeats well. itself again. <laughs> I know. Like, Watch out for these momentum plays. And King Kong versus Godzilla's back. So we're, we're, we're and Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> I'm confused by the title. Is this the re- are they just taking the movie in '84 and replaying it? it? I don't know. Everything is a repeat. Maybe it's because we're just old enough that we remember. <laughs> I think so. Hey, we got to take a quick break. Stick around for more All Worth's Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McLean. And uh, if you'd like to join us, 833-99-WORTH is our number, 833-99-WORTH. And why wouldn't you want to join us? Call's free. In case you've got a phone you know plan per- that was started in 1970. Yes. When you when companies when you hear advertisements about texting, messages and data rates do apply. Like at what point can a company not say messages and data rates do apply? They don't tell you if you call a phone number, might cost you money to have that phone. I don't I don't Don't have things like that ever like, like <laughs> well, I think about how much of all the advertising cost. time is wasted on saying message and data rates do apply. The cost, cost of how much does it cost you to send a text? I don't. I, I think it's free. <laughs> You're unlimited. Yeah, <laughs> damn. I don't. I don't I, know. I'm pretty sure you have an unlimited plan. I don't know. I'm doing pretty totally. well, Scott. I pretty much text whatever I want now because I'm a hitter. I don't even worry about the cost of a text. Do you use two thumbs or one? <laughs> I just. <laughs> my finger. <laughs> you ever watch my kids text? My daughter. Oh, Holy yeah, yeah. smokes. Yeah, I can't do it like that. They just all through. <laughs> you know, so my daughter's teaching um, at an elementary school, and uh, she communicates. Are they in person? Not yet. Uh, a couple weeks here. Safety first. Um, Safety first. But she communicates with most of the parents via text. Um, and the other teachers... We're like, oh, the, the parents never get back to me. I send them emails, they never get back to me. And my daughter's like, it's because they don't, that's not how they communicate. They communicate via text. And so my daughter engages these parents through group text where she actually does one text, but it files out to everyone. I'm like, so they have your phone number. She's like, no, they don't have my phone number. I go, well, how do you do this? She said, well, I set up this dummy phone number that acts as a screen so they can't actually get to my real number, but they, I'm like, this is how technology is going to go. That. She does. She's been showing some of the other teachers actually how it works. Uh, but yeah, got to go to where, I don't know how we got on this subject. You've got to go to where the people that you want to communicate with how they communicate, not how you want to communicate. Let me write that down. <laughs> well, we're starting to use it in uh, our marketing department yeah, yeah, yeah. text. Well, text, it's funny because text used to be like, is it okay if I text you? Now you get... I get a lot of unsolicited oh, texts that I don't. I got two yesterday. Don't like those. I got two from nonprofits, political action committees. Yes. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you got a wrong number here. <laughs> You're not getting the dime <laughs> from me on that stuff. All right, let's uh, let's hit the, back, back the calls here. Let's uh, let's talk with Sid. Sid, you're with Allworth Money Matters. I'm sorry. Let's talk with Rick. Rick, you're with Allworth Money Matters. Hello, how you doing? Hi, Rick. What can we do for you? How are you? We are good. Okay, just a. This is a tough one, I think. I don't know. Uh, my mother-in-law owned a condo, and uh, so some twenty years ago, my brother-in-law had the idea of putting the, the condo in his his name as my wife's name, in case that happened to their mother. Well, twenty some years later, she's still kicking, and uh, they had to put her in a uh, assisted living. 
So they had to sell the home to pay for it. Uh-huh. And now we're probably going to get taxed. Oh, yes. That amount. That's right. And, and the, you know, it's not that they want to keep the money. I mean, the money's for her, for her care. But the more we pay out in taxes and things, the less money we have for her care. And the way she's going, she's 103, and she ain't 103? Yes. And how, she's healthy as, uh, as can be. How, how long ago did your brother-in-law do this? He did it like twenty some years ago. Yeah, that was a bad she idea. Was in her eighties. What was the value of yeah, the house? It was a very bad idea. What was the value of the house then, and what's the value of the house now? Well, it was it was valued around eighty grand then, and now it's valued at uh, they sold it for two forty nine. But the, but your cost basis is lower than eighty grand because That's it's right. actually what what whatever your mother in law's cost basis. Was. And so it could be twenty. So you might have a two hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Let's call it. A, let's call it a two hundred thousand dollar gain. That's a hundred thousand that flows through your tax return, and a hundred thousand that flows through your brother in law's tax return. And capital gains, and then state income tax. Is there a way around this, Scott? The sale's already done, right? The sale took place. Yeah. Well, they had they had a sale in December. Um, oh, so yeah, it took place. So it, the, it closed she, escrow in twenty twenty. Right, and she's been in the nursing home since like June or July of last year, and uh, and all the money I mean is in her checking account and goes to her care, uh, so they you know they pay her uh, monthly expenses for the uh, assisted living out of that money. Yep, and I mean they have, they haven't taken a dime and probably won't. Yep, uh, I don't. I. <sighs> Well, it was it was a bad idea. It was uh, some amateur no, seen it. planning. Uh, I don't. I just don't know if there's a way around. It might make sense for you to reach out to. What are you going to do? It's it's not. It's twenty years. Yeah. It's not. It wasn't mom's asset any longer. Twenty some years ago, yeah. she gave her condo to her two children. They were kind enough to let her live there until Without she rent. until she couldn't be there anymore. Now she's not there. They sold it. It's, it's already done. Yep. It's sold. There's capital gains to report. That's just the, that's there's no way around it. And and she was the only one that lived in the house. Yes. Yep. She was the only one. Yeah. Yep. I mean, one way to you could have structured in December. You could have figured out if there's a way to do an installment sale and sell fifty percent in December of 2020 and fifty percent in January of 2021. And you could have split the, the income out over two years. That's what I would have looked at at that's, the time. That's pretty smart, Scott. And I would have probably only accepted offers that would be willing to accommodate that. But it's done. It's a hot real estate market. But it's done. It's done. Done, yeah. Yeah, it's going to cost you probably, I don't know, 25 grand. Depending on what the. Well, is it smarter to uh, divide it between the two? Well, well it is again, divided it between is the divided. two. It's you don't have any choice. 50 50. Yeah, right. Yeah, you don't have any choice in the matter. Yep. Unfortunately. Yeah. This is uh this yeah. is this is I I I have seen this I don't know a dozen yeah. times. A dozen times. Always after the fact, by the way, cuz when we see it before the right. fact, we actually fix it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Sorry, Rick. Appreciate the call. Sorry. Yep. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Yeah. I, and if <laughs> Which leads me to, on our website, we've got a couple factoids, retirement factoids. One right now is, it's a th working with a good advisor can produce up to 3% an additional return. And it goes into some details on it. And this is a perfect example. This was a perfect example. Perfect it's example. It's this sort of thing that good financial planning can avoid, help you maximize what it is you're trying to accomplish. The, the idea of, of – and maybe they were trying to artificially impoverish mom in the event that she needed care so she didn't have the asset any longer. It sounds like she has other money. Yeah. yeah. She's in a paid nursing facility. They're taking the money and paying for it. So it didn't sound like she was in some state aid. And the, some, some, there's facil some facilities that don't take state aid. That's right. And the facility you might want to stick your mom into, if you've got the resources, might be the one that doesn't accept the state. I went through both with my dad. Went through both. The ones that, you know, when he was on Medicare, and then once the Medicare ran out, we would we moved him to a private. Uh, and the differences between those two care facilities was significant. 
So, three percent return. There's other ways to do things. Yeah. Anyway, look at those studies that show how working with a, a quality advisor is. Um, and you go to allworthfinancial.com. Not someone who's selling you fixed annuities or the guy there's sitting in the corner of the bank. I hear ads. You can always tell an ad when they have they disclose their ins- their insurance license number on the ad. Whether it's a mailer inviting you to dinner, I don't know if anyone's going out to dinner anymore. But a retirement without to, risk. You hear those ones all the time. But I saw Pat. I saw another, um, and this is a guy that I actually respect, but I don't respect what this particular thing he came out with. Um, financial advisor, national financial advisor, and they have this uh, in, this program now that it limits your downside protection. How? Well, here's what it says. When your portfolio reaches a certain uh, threshold that you set ahead of time, we will sell stocks in order to protect your principal. Do you think he has that on his own portfolio? Of course not. That's the opposite. So what it does, when the, if, you, if your account balance falls, if the things that you own fall in value, it triggers a sale automatically. When do you buy it back? I don't know. So let's say you had a You're million dollars buy- and you said, okay, my downside threshold is 900000 And let's say you were 50% stock, 50% bonds. It hits 900000 20% downturn of the stock market, you're at 900000 and it'll sell. Your, your stocks. Yeah. Or assuming. Or maybe everything. I don't know. Or maybe there's preset. And then that's easy. Sure, I could do that. I don't need a program to do that. I actually can view my account online and decide that. <laughs> Um, but isn't that the opposite thing that the, the, most advisors recommend? Correct. Shouldn't you sell, actually you don't be, sell when they're down? Well, look look at our own portfolios last year when we actually reallocated the portfolios. We did the opposite. We did the opposite. The majority of the majority of our clients, those that had retirement assets where there's no tax consequences, it's very easy to do uh, rebalances. Automatic triggers when markets went down, the stock exposure was low. Automatically created some trades to. Buy more stock, not sell when and, things were down. And, we and when are, things recovered, the, the exact opposite took place. Triggers to sell. It's a, the, the opposite. Buy low, sell high. I mean, we it's were like, quite proud of our returns uh, last. Well, we're normally very, very proud of our returns. But last year, we were especially proud of our returns relative to the market the and the risk going in. and the discipline going in. And what you're describing with this big conglomerate is exactly the not, opposite. So to the point that a good advisor can have 3% returns, part of that is the behavioral finance part that making sure that people keep the investments at the at the when it's the most painful. And this program seems to be doing just the opposite. I would argue that this you're guaranteed to lose money long term in that. It's not helping you. It's making you feel better. And I don't know if it's a marketing gimmick. I don't know if they're actually putting many people in this. Maybe it's just, it's, let's get the phone to ring. Let's have a conversation. Then let's put them in something that's the right thing for them. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't do it with my portfolio. And I'm pretty sure he... Uh, it's also the, they also do things like, uh, it's uh, free up until 10 p.m. this evening. You got to call now. Like there's a... Like there's a limited supply of what? Of financial plans or whatever. There's no more. Like we only have four left. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's a little disingenuous. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's lost his way a bit. Anyway, not going to name who it is and uh, not going to infer who it might be either. Uh, our contact number to join our program, 833-99-WORTH. 833-999-6784. And let's talk with Craig. Craig, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Hi, how are you today? Good. How are you doing, Craig? Pretty good. Uh, my question regards around uh, rental properties. I currently have two, and in addition to my uh, primary residence, of course. And um, as you know, um, cost of real estate's been going up and up and up and up. And I would like to acquire another one. Um, I thought you were going to tell me you were going to sell one, but no, go ahead. No, no, no. I've been doing this for about 30 years and it's worked out pretty good for me. So um, the problem is, is that um, 
the reason, first of all, the reason I want to buy another one is because um, I have a lot of cash sitting around, and obviously it's not earning me a heck of a lot. Uh, I've got money in the stock market via um, 401, 450, 401, 457s, and um, uh, traditional IRAs in addition to a, a regular account. So I'm trying to figure out how to best utilize my cash without tying it all up and uh, at the same time get a, get a better return than what I'm getting on in just okay. cash. Oh, is, your, is your primary home uh, paid off? I owe, see, it's worth about 700 and I think I owe about 215 or so. And what's and the interest rate? refinanced it. It's 2.6 something. Okay, and tell me wow. about property rental number one. What's that worth? Property rental number one, that's my oldest. Um, it's worth about 350 What do you owe? Uh, I owe nothing on it. Okay. Uh, property number oh, two, and, and the, I just re- Craig, when Sorry. did you buy that? What year did you buy the rental number one? 1984. Okay. And um, property number two, I purchased that one in 2008. Just recently refinanced down to about 3.1. And the mortgage balance on that is about uh, about 215. And I think it's worth about Five fifty. What'd you pay for that? Uh, three fifteen. And you, what's it worth today? Five fifty. Oh, that's uh, right. That one, uh, yeah, about five. And you, you bought you it bought at it, the beginning of two thousand eight, or the, the bottom, the end of two thousand eight, or the uh, the beginning of two thousand eight, or the it was end. at the beginning. It was it was it was uh, before the bottom. Yeah. But you know, um, it, I, I bought it at a good time. Yeah. All right. So here's one. And how much? So how much do you have in in savings in the bank? Total cash, I got about a half a million. And and how old are you? I'm sixty. And how did you accumulate the five hundred thousand dollars in savings? I worked very, very, very hard and very long hours. You bought your first house when you were twenty four? Actually I was twenty three, yeah. <laughs> were you in college? No. Uh, I was uh, in the Air Force at that time. Oh. I didn't go to college until about three years ago. Good for you. Wow. Uh, savings. And how much did you say you had in your 401k? Uh, f- between my, f- well, I have 457. All your retirement accounts. I have TSPs. Yeah, all of it. Uh, all of the retirement, about, a, about I think about a half a million. And then $500,000 in savings in addition to that. And, right. And w- will you have a pension at retirement? Um, yeah, I have... Um, so I retired 10 years ago, and then I got tired of retirement. I went back to school, and then I went uh, back to work, and now I'm working full-time again. For a state, a government, municipality, private uh, yeah, industry? I, I, used, I, I retired from the state. Well, first I retired. Uh, first I got a military retirement. Then I went and worked for the state, and I got a state retirement, a peace officer retirement. Uh-huh. And now I work for the federal government. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Good for you. You, can, um, you think you could dip twice more before you uh, <laughs> you completely retire? So what here's one of here's an observation I would have made. That the only oh, thing the mistake right. you made in this thing is when you refinanced your home, you should have actually taken more cash off and pay out and paid off rental number two, just because the cost of money was significant. Yeah, but less. I could also make the argument that he's not getting. Um, uh, much of a tax break. Well, you can still itemize your. Yeah, you can yeah. still take your. Never mind. I, t- I, t- I retract that. Yeah. So that's that. That's just kind of a gap. Um, the six. It's not much. But it's not that uh, the big a deal. This is around the edges. So uh, what do you? I mean, clear, clearly, clearly, what you don't want to you don't want to go another year with five hundred thousand dollars in the bank earning right. nothing. Why? Right. And and. Four hundred and thirty thousand dollars in mortgages, paying somewhere between two point six and three point one. Oh, right. My and well, my, you ask me why he wouldn't. My perspective yeah. is is that um, okay? Interest rates. I, I don't see them going anywhere except up. Um, I don't see inflation going anywhere except up. So I, I think that uh, the cost of that money is ultimately going to be smaller and smaller. And, I get you. Um, 
So, um, but you, you know that you, it would be foolish to for ten the next decade. Let's say you asked me about one year, maybe it would be opportunistic. I think that's where you're going to go with that bet. Correct. Right. <laughs> We've been working together a long time, but for the next decade, you don't want to go the next decade with cash in the bank at low interest rates and you're mortgage loans. Sixty. Exactly. You're yeah, 60. 60. You're so, set. You're done. Financially. You're finished. What do you mean you're done? You're finished. Who wants to be told you're done and finished? Financially. You're secure. You're, you've reached the point where you've got financial security. What? Well, the- and see, that's part of the problem. Because the thing is, is I'm, I'm kind of like an overachiever. You're done. I mean, you're finished. Is- you're done. Didn't you hear, Pat? Greg, you're <laughs> yeah, finished. Know, but- <laughs> that's what it said to you. You're finished. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did that come off a little That's what course? it sounded like. Sounded like you're finished. Why are you talking to me? You'll never work in this town again. That's what it sounded like, right? That was a little coarse. Yeah. I don't think he meant it that way, obviously. I'm hungry. He meant, he meant it uh, from a financial perspective. You're set. Now, what's your perspective on that? Well, yeah, and that's part of the problem because – but the thing is, is I like to keep uh, – the thing is, is I like my money to keep working. Um I have a young son. He's 11, and uh, I've got his college set and paid for. Um, so I don't really need to think about that. Um, we we have an we have a nice house. We're we're really comfortable where we're at. I don't know. I suppose. Um, do you want another um, rental? Travel more. So I, I so I'm yeah, being I totally transparent. I, I'm in the process of getting rid of a rental home that I have. Mainly, uh-huh. not because I don't think it's going to do well the next 10, 20 years. For me, it's like one more thing to deal with. And it's not, whatever it does in the future is not going to have any impact on my standard of living, but it takes time from me and it's not my favorite thing to deal with. I, uh, okay? I So let's go to the other perspective. I don't know at these prices how a rental would actually uh, not go negative. At these prices, what do you mean houses. not so negative? Like negative cash flow, depending upon how well, much money buy, you put, he, he uh, put, buy put cash, how much money you, you put down versus paying down those mortgages. Well, he can go take four hundred grand of it and buy a rental somewhere. I get that. Or I get just that. Go somewhere else and buy a couple rentals. Which is probably you go to Detroit. You can buy a whole city block. I, I don't think I'd want to buy a rental in Detroit. That's another story. Um, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, just you're going to recognize the risk in terms of where you're buying in the market cycle. Um, yeah, we don't. I mean, the market, real estate prices might go up another thirty percent before it cool certainly out. feels different this time. Well, versus it's totally 08. different this time. It's a real supply demand issue this time. The last time it was all based upon uh, these liar loans and artificial easy money, artificial uh, cost of capital. So I, I from what I'm what, what I gather that I hear you saying is that uh, and that's the thing we're experiencing in Sacramento. I think there's four offers for every one uh, listing. Not just in Sacramento. Which, yeah, the cold country. Yeah, except for Detroit. Um, and 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 so the thing is, is I know that the value of the house is going to go up, um, but I always approach I've I always approach this from a what is what is what is my um, um, Cash flow, my net cash flow per month. If, if that's if right, I'm that's right. That's the discussion. That's positive yeah. enough so that it, it justifies the the effort. And I I really look at the value of the house as an ancillary issue, and that's kind of the way I approach it. It's probably why I only have two properties. Well, that's not, there's really nothing well wrong with that and, though. Yeah. Right? I mean, you've obviously you've owned a house for thirty six years. You've seen a couple market cycles in this rental That's properties correct. that you bought in nineteen. And you and, and you bought the one in two thousand eight. And for a while, you're probably thinking, "Dang it, I wish I would have waited." And now you look back and say, "That was the right thing." People can have the same perspective oh, yeah, on the stock would, market, yeah. by the way, right? You can. There's always you can always say, "Well, it's too high," but if you go over a long enough period of time. It's going to go up in value. Same thing with the real estate price. Well, yeah, and that's 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 so my. I mean, the thing is, my take on, on the real estate market is that it's it's so obscenely high. I, I don't see how a whole lot of people can continue to afford these. So I'm looking that we might see maybe like a thirty percent correction. I might be wrong. I may very well be wrong, but I I'm um, not I'm not that smart. Um, I'm not that smart. Last, I got to tell you, last. I would be surprised if we had a 30% decline. Yeah, last time I actually got on the air and said 40% in uh, 07, 
uh, on the air. Because right? there so was no fundamentals. There was yeah fundamentals. fundamentals. But but now it's 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 different. Um, it's different. I'd be. Uh, it's much much different. So the the answer to your question is: Is it a good idea to do? I that? mean, part of it with low rates. You know, many people are just like Craig. I've got all this cash in the bank, earning nothing. I might as well go buy a rental. Yep. I mean, that increases the demand for homes right there. Yeah, and the low cost of capital for first-time buyers and the incentive that's programs right. and all of that. Interest rates are so I low. have a son that's trying to buy a house, and he keeps getting outbid every time he turns around. And I know, and that's, that's the problem. I mean, the thing is I see something up available, and I go take a look, and, well, sold. So Well, that's, that's a completely kind of, different no. issue. So either which yeah. way you go, you're going to be fine. Sometimes I just I think, mean, if you – Maybe patience. Maybe just wait. It's okay to have money sitting on the sidelines not doing anything for a short period of time. I'd be patient. Okay. That's um, what I, that kind of sounds like good advice because I'm just, uh, you know, I mean, the thing is I'm working full time again and uh, I've got my rentals and my rentals are both significantly positive in, yep. in net. Um, yeah, in, one's doesn't even have a mortgage. Flow. Yep, 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 yep. And, yep. yeah. I mean, if I were in your situation, I would probably approach it as I'd go. I, I would buy a rental with cash and not take a mortgage on it, and bring my savings balance way down. Yep. Get and a then, higher higher income on it, and not have to worry about making a mortgage payment. But I wouldn't be in a hurry to do it. I'd be patient, and I and and I'm actually saying that out loud, not for you, but for me, because I have to tell myself that. <laughs> be patient. Be patient. Patience and persistence wins at the end of the. Of the game, yeah, but so, we have no idea where the where the real estate market's going to go in the next 24, 36 months. We have no idea where the stock but, market's going to go. I think if you go over a longer period of time, you'll see appreciation um, in both those areas, assuming the real estate's in the right place. And you can certainly point to examples in the United States where had you owned a rental place there, it would have been a disaster, and had you owned it in other places, you would have looked like a genius. Hence, diversified portfolios. Awesome. Anyway, unfortunately, that's out. We're out of time. We uh, broadcast every week at the same station. And, of course, our uh, program is available via podcast. And if you've enjoyed this program, we are glad you were with us. Feel free to pass along to a friend. And enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you next week. This has been Scott Hansen and Pat McLean of Allworth Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.